0: What a day. Thank you again, Lois. Thank you. Well, the fall season is in full swing. And the football season is off and running. Some teams are known more for their skills and abilities on the field than their skills and abilities in the classroom. One sports commentator said on the radio of a particular team, and I'm not going to name the school, but you can insert the college of your choice. He said, the players on the blank football team all made straight A's. Their B's, however, were a little crooked. (laughs) Last Sunday, we talked about the importance of the intellect in our minds, In discerning the call, in catching the call, as we explored the theme, getting a head start, our thoughts and our way of thinking have a direct tie as to how we understand God's claim on our lives and therefore how we are to live them out in accordance with God's will. Today we are linking another part of ourselves in the process of catching the call, and that of course is the heart. Our minds can think incredible thoughts and we can understand an awful lot, but there is so much we cannot grasp with our minds that we need something more. When we are open in our inner being, the heart is that part of ourselves which is open to mystery. But what is the heart? What is the heart really? Well, obviously, when we use it as part of our faith language, it's more than that life-giving muscle that pumps blood to our organs and our body. The heart of faith is that deep place of ourselves that we cannot fully understand. And yet we know that it is a true contact point for God's presence and the life-giving spirit that allows us to see and feel beyond physical sight and sense. I hope most of you remember Helen Keller. Helen Keller remarked after meeting Mark Twain, she said, I can feel the twinkle of his eye in his handshake. She also said, the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. And so they must. And so they must. If we are to have a smart heart. Did you catch it in our text from First Peter Finally, all of you have unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart, and a humble mind. You know, um, feelings are with us all the time. You cannot escape your feelings. You can try, and we do, we try to put our feelings on the back burner, and just get into our heads. But God created us as feeling beings. In modern times, we, we segment so much of ourselves. We have our mental and our psychological life. We have our uh, physical life. We have our spiritual life. We have our emotional life. But the ancient Hebrews, they didn't think of the person as these different parts. It was all one whole. And so because we're created in God's image and we have the capacity to feel not only the capacity, but we're always feeling something all the time, we can't escape our feelings. And I know as a young boy growing up just a few years ago um, (laughs) that I was not trained well to deal in the world of feelings. I didn't know how to express my feelings very well. So if you had asked me how I felt back then, I probably would have had about five words total to tell you how I was feeling good, well, okay, you know, fine, whatever. And that was about it. I couldn't have told you whether I was feeling ecstatic or dejected or other descriptive words that we try to use to catch our feelings. But God has given us this rainbow of feelings, just as there are so many shades and Variations of colors in the rainbow and in creation. We have, we have all those feelings going on in us. All the time we're feeling emotional beings. And that's a good thing. And feelings aren't right or wrong. That's just, that's just how you feel. is how you feel. Although, my mom was pretty good at shooting on me. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Um, but I think we give a gift to each other when we don't should on each other. Because you can't tell somebody else how to feel. You, that's just the way you feel. And, and you think about some of the harder feelings in life. Anger, for instance. I, I, I grew up thinking anger was a bad feeling. But anger is a normal feeling. Guilt. Guilt. There are times when we need to feel, if we've done something wrong, we need to feel guilty. Else how can we make amends for it? Now, that's a difference between feeling guilty when you haven't done anything wrong. And that's the guilt trip trap. We don't need to feel guilty when we haven't done anything wrong. And some people get caught up in that too. So anyways, my point is here is we're feeling beings and we're feeling all the time. And that's a good thing. But as I said last week, we can't let our feelings run our whole life or we'd be all over the place. We need our minds. We need our minds to help us think and to be balanced and have perspective. But we also need our feelings. And as First Peter said, we need to have a tender heart. And I love the story of the young girl who came home a little late after school one day. And her mother asked her what happened. And she said, Well, I stopped next door because, because Susie had 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 this beautiful porcelain doll that her grandmother had given her, and she dropped it in the driveway and it broke. And her mother said, Well, did you did you try to help her fix it? And she said, No. And she said, Well, did you pick up the pieces and take it inside so her mom could help put it back together? And She said no, and she said, well, did you offer to bring it over here so I could help put it back together? And she said no, and her mother finally said, well, what did you do? And she said, I sat down, and I helped her cry. You know, I think there are times in our community of faith when we need to just sit down and help each other cry. And there are times in our world Where we need to just sit down and help others cry. Because there's so much pain in our lives and in the world. And if we're going to have tender hearts, we need to be there with and for each other. So I hope we can begin to sense God's call also through our hearts. It was the renowned psychiatrist Carl Jung who put it this way. We should not pretend to understand the world only by the intellect. We apprehend it just as much by feeling. Therefore, the judgment of the intellect is at best only half the truth and must, if it be honest, also come to an understanding of its inadequacy. We need To see the world through our hearts as well as through our minds. And that's why the psalmist of old in Psalm 51 and Psalm 90 could ask for a heart, not a mind, of wisdom. Give me a heart of wisdom. Having a smart heart. Feelings and the heart of faith and the wisdom of God are all mingled together in having a heart, a smart heart. But when feelings are missing and heart is missing, it's as though we say it lacks passion, it lacks life. When someone expresses something and we say it lacks heart, we know there is a disconnect somewhere. Angelus Silesius was this amazing mystic in the 17th century and he had a 72 period of illumination where he just wrote down stuff he just wrote for 72 hours and one of the things he wrote down was this the longest way to God the in, the indirect lies through the intellect the shortest way lies through the heart here is my journey's end and here it start having a smart heart. Or as Tennessee Williams put it, faith is in our heart or else we are dead. What I'm trying to say between last Sunday and this morning is that the process involves letting our head sink into our heart. Letting the two be one, not thinking of them as separate, as different, as segmented, but that We are a whole person. The coming together of heart and mind, the heart informs the mind and the head can sink into the heart. So getting a head start, as we looked at last week and having a smart heart go together when it comes to catching the call of God in our lives. Which is what the challenge of our fall sermon series is all about. So listen again with your head and your innermost self, your heart, as I read just portions of the text again together. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Finally, all of you have unity of spirit, sympathy, love for one another, a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse. But on the contrary, repay with a blessing for it is for this that you were called. That you might inherit a blessing. And I would add. And be a blessing. Catching the call requires getting a head start and having a smart heart. How can we know what is God's word and will for us? And what is right or wrong? First of all, each and every one of us must do it for ourselves. I cannot catch the call for you any more than you can catch the call for me. But none of us is exempt from God's call and claim on our lives. So for today, let me encourage you to let God speak to your heart. And one of the ways I have found most helpful in doing that for me personally is through prayer. In prayer, we often think of saying whatever it is we need to say to God to get something off our chest, to tell God what we are going through and then asking for God's help and asking God for something. But another part of prayer is simply listening, listening. And that's how we catch the call, by listening. So I want to do that now. I want to invite you to let God speak to your heart at least be open. It may not happen, but it might. And through opening ourselves over and over again in our deepest places, God will touch us. God will be present. You may not hear words. I don't hear God's words speaking directly. But I catch it. I catch the sense of what God is calling me to do from time to time. And that's what I'm hoping you will do as well. It may have something to do with loving your neighbor. And you may discover tangible ways that it can work in your life. But let's take a moment of silence now to just see if we can't sense and catch the call of God in our lives. And then on behalf of all of us, I'll offer a prayer after that time of silence. Give us, O God, a steadfast heart which nothing can drag down. Give us an unconquered heart which no trial or difficulty can wear out. And give us an upright heart which no unworthy purpose may tempt aside. Give to us also, O God, understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and a faithfulness that may finally embrace you with a heart, a heart full of faith, full of love and trust in what you call us to do. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.